This week on the People's Football Podcast, we welcome Rangers superstar Kath Hill, we review a controversial week in the world of football and take a look at VAR. We also have much, much more planned, so stay tuned. So welcome to the People's Football Podcast. We're delighted to have and bring you episode five of this fantastic journey. We have thousands upon thousands of millions of fans right now. So we're going to carry this on and keep the journey going. So in this episode, we have a bit of a, a women's feature. We have a, a female guest, which we're really excited about having on. And um, we also have another female on called Stephanie. And we have a male who we're not too excited about having on. But, you know, you can't have everything in the world. But what I will say before I introduce our the main man, Kyle, is Congratulations, Kyle. He's just got his first full-time contract in football. So well yeah. done, son. Well done, Kyle. I'll introduce you now. It's the full-time man, Kyle Wilson. How are you, bro? I'm brilliant. Happy now I've got my full-time job, but of course, I would be happy anyway, but loving it at the moment. So you're loaded. I wouldn't go that far. We're getting there, though. We're getting there. I'm still a student, so some of it gets wasted, but we, we are beginning to get there. Yeah, some of it. <laughs> Yeah, some of the gift Majority of it. We'll, we'll, we'll go 75-25. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's class, Kyle, man. Well done. Yeah, good. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Perfect. You really do. So what have you been up to, Kyle? Have you been up to much? I know you've been doing holiday camps. I came out and seen you last week. What else have you been doing? Work and play? Anything? In uh, busy. Busy week last week. Obviously went, had, had a full week of work, holiday camps, which is good. Uh, enjoyed it. Obviously, glad the weather stayed, stayed quite nice and not, not too up and not raining either. And then decided Friday night, had a little party. And then obviously, the good weekend was ruined when the Newcastle game happened. And that, what we will talk about later, that horrible decision. So, the good weekend turned into a bit of a rubbish weekend. So, you didn't go on holiday, you didn't go abroad or anything in this time since the last time I've seen you? No. <sighs> Not not this time. It's planned though. The next one's planned. It's December time, I think, but not not last week. Whitley Bay doesn't count, mate. The caravan park there doesn't count though. So Football, I counted though. It's, it's another, counts, another world. More holidays than Judith Chalmers, you. You'll probably not know who that is, will you? Yeah, Judith Chalmers is Kyle. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna pretend I know what it is. So what so is the young is a woman. Judith Chalmers is a woman, oh, not a what? <laughs> uh, sorry, wait, no, you've got to be you you've got to now. Is she Oh, oh right, okay, right, right. I was being, I was being uh, correct. You weren't, you weren't, you pretended. I was. Oh, no, no. You're ahead of us, maybe you're smarter than us. All right then, well, good stuff, good to have you on, mate. So, Steph, what about you? Uh, good to have you back on episode five. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good, thank you. Um, Obviously, it hasn't been the best week footballing-wise, uh, which obviously we'll get on to later, but um, other than that, it's it's been it's been a good week. Um, You know, just balancing the old... Work, life, child, husband, everything. It's uh but it's all good. You nearly didn't That's get to the, the Newcastle game at the weekend, or well, I nearly didn't. We nearly had to make a sacrifice. Do you want to tell the listeners what our sacrifice was? And it was me. What a gentleman I am. I was gonna play the ultimate sacrifice, not you. So tell them. I mean, I don't know how much you want me to say here because uh <laughs> obviously we uh we 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 didn't share everything with uh grandma and granddad but uh Hayden was a bit poorly on uh Friday night and we uh 
we thought that uh, we one of us was going to have to stay at home and uh, look after him. But uh, he turned he turned himself around, the good lad, didn't he? he for his mum and dad, so they could go, both go to the game and we got there in the end. But he's much better now. Thank goodness. But, but they didn't mention this. Martin was going to stay at home and let Stephanie go to the game, right? So How very uh, noble you, of you. What a gentleman, Tyler. <laughs> what a gentleman. Hero. So, yeah, you so no, we we'll talk about that game later. A very very exciting game, but very frustrating in the end. But um, apart from that, it's been all good. I had a trip down to Middlesbrough for the academy. Had some uh, a lot of coaching, a lot of sessions, which is great. So busy times for all of us, which is fantastic. So what we're gonna do now? We're really excited to get the show underway, so we won't hold it any longer. We'll have a break to our sponsor, and then we'll welcome you back for the for the weekend review. Do you need a plumber? Do you need a plumber with extra big hands? Because Thomas Connolly, Keaton and plumbing experts are the best plumbers in town. Please visit thomasconnolly.co.uk or ring 01207693992 to get in touch. So moving on to now the, the 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 weekend reviewer as we would call it, um, we're just going to look back and the best way to look at that and kind of summarize it all up is to look at our shockers and showstoppers of the weekend or from the last three or four days. So what we're going to do first is we're going to go for as the main man usually does, we're going to go for teams, Kyle. So summarize yeah. the weekend with your st- shocker and showstoppers of the weekend. As always, I'll start with my showstopper and. Mm. Got up eventually. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised when I wrote it down myself, but I put my United as my showstopper from the weekend. Um, I think it's not a secret how much I despise United, but I thought a bit. I watched them play on Sunday, and they did the, on the, on the break as well. They looked looked got a, a good side, and I think Anthony brings that sort of the maybe the flair that they were sort of missing in the previous games, and I was I was glad. Ten Hag put him straight in because he wasn't my fantasy team. I took a risk on him, and he um, obviously scored that goal. But I think, I think United have maybe got over the early season blues of not not really understanding what Ten Hag was getting out there. And I don't want to get carried away and go like you said they're going to finish fourth. But <laughs> Martin is getting carried away now. <laughs> desperate, honestly. I don't think. I still think it'll be like a six, seven finish. Well, I don't think there'll be any more. Getting you had a look at that now, though, Kyle. I know it was a. As soon as I said it, I regretted it. But now I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, there's a chance now, right? There's a chance they could finish fourth because of the other teams that are that they are floundering a little bit. Chelsea are leaking goals. Um, obviously their chance of the top four. Chelsea are leaking goals. Um, Liverpool don't look hundred percent the same side. You've seen them against Everton, against us as well. They're not creating as many chances as the they are. And I think they are missing, um, missing Marnie, missing that sort of player that can just create a chance out and often. But you got Tottenham. Tottenham look good. I am quite impressed with Tottenham. I did say from the start I would finish second. I think Arsenal have looked good, but I so can my day finish fourth, Kyle or not? Nah, fifth, sixth. Uh, get just, out just to annoy here. you. Just to annoy you. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> no, can and I then, just so back, go on with me, Kyle? Can I just back you up there? So yeah. I listened to Graham Sooners today, and he said it's a very not a very Man United team right now. Yeah. Because they're just grinding and scrapping and they're playing occasionally good stuff. 
But Ten Hag is kind of doing what we thought. He's finding a way to win. And then there's some moments of class in there. And I think when he gets it right, they will get it right. But you're right. Anyway, I just want to throw it in. I agree. I think I there's, still a, there's still some wrong going, like some going wrong with Ronaldo, obviously. And to have yeah. a superstar like that on your bench is taking a lot of much. That's a big ego to do that. Yeah. Which is fair to it's Ten Hag. It is. How, yeah. how long can you keep him? How, how long can you keep him on the bench, though? Like, I think you'll play sometimes, Kyle. I think you'll, yeah. you'll put Rashford out wide. You'll put Ronaldo through. I think he's going to fight. I think he's humbled Ronaldo. I think yeah. he's come back in his place. And I think Ronaldo will come out swinging and fighting in a couple of weeks. And I think Mane will score some goals. I think they're going to be a handful. Uh, yeah. you know, I don't, when are we playing them? We're playing them away in a, in a couple no, it's of not till October, but... Yeah, but October, I, think yeah. then, I think by then, after the international break, a bit more time, I think they'll be in full flight. And I think they'll be in the top four. Top three. Yeah. Honestly, I do. Okay. Anyway, Kyle, come on. Let's keep moving forward. Good stuff, bud. So the stinker, the stinker, the... Are you changing the, the topic, mate? Like? Are you changing the topic? Stinker and I name I what I want. <laughs> it's a shocker. Um, <laughs> the week for me, we'll go with that, is Leicester. And I think it's just, just, it's just going from bad, bad to worse, isn't it, for them? Like, yeah. They haven't made any particular great signings in the summer. The, the lucky that they've kept on at Tillman's and Madison, but... How long are they going to be there? They're, they're not bothered how the season goes because they know even Tillman probably knows he's gone in January for, for probably peanuts. Mm. But it's just, it's, I, I would, I do like Rogers, but I think there's two, when, when it gets to a fight, you will, you will want it, you will want to coach them out of it. And sometimes you've just got to get them through it and motivate them through it. And yeah. what was it the other day that Jamie Vardy had signed a big bump of deal, hasn't he? Yeah, two years. And what is like 30, 34, 34 now, maybe? Yeah. 33? He hasn't been scoring, has he? And I think they need to either, you know, move on yeah. and, and let like Dakar and Ianacho kind of come in and because and, yeah. they both well, both scored at the weekend, didn't they? But um yeah, is Vardy is he past it now? Don't know. It's, it's a weird one that like he's going to another another contract. I think it was maybe time for the for that run up, but maybe that's a hint that they literally have no money and they can't actually afford to bring anyone else in that is even going to be any better than Adrian Vardy. But they were just bright, obviously, bright and all could have said bright and all. We've seen it and we played them. We were lucky to come away with a point, maybe because of AR, we should have came with a three, luckily. But it's just Leicester just look all over the place. So and... I'll tell you now, I absolutely agree with you. And I think it points towards this weekend. So guess who they've got at home this weekend? Who they got? Aston Villa at home, Leicester. If he loses that, I, I'm pretty much pretty certain that he's gone on Saturday night, Sunday morning. However, if he wins, it shows they've got some fight. Yeah. A chance of keeping his job. But Gerard's probably had a reprieve after that 1-1 against City where they were very hard done by. But that could be a huge game. They have to win. It's reminiscent yeah. of Newcastle last season with Brucey. One point out of like six, seven games... I never thought I'd see Rogers ass. I talked him up. I don't think he's elite, elite, but I think yeah. he's a very good coach. But I think he's lost the passion. I think he's lost the desire. He looks, the, he, he didn't do a Scott Parker after the game the other day, but he looked very subdued. And I I get a feeling something has to change. But as soon as he yeah. goes, they'll get a bounce. Leicester. Leicester have still got a good team. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with you, mate. I, I'm really intrigued and I would love a Leicester fan to come on or to reach out to us. So if you know anyone on the listeners knows a Leicester fan, I would love them to come on because yeah. going from champions to seeing where you are right now, 
once your owners start to kind of step away as a Newcastle fan, you know what it's like, guys. It can be it can be very get messy. So I think that something's going on behind the scenes when they're not putting money. They've just got 85 million off Fafana and they've literally brought in, I thought they might get Maguire or a 30-40. They brought in a 12 to 15 million centre-back from France who's unproven. And I'm like, yeah. that's not enough. And they've got Ndidi at centre-back still. There's something fundamentally wrong. They didn't replace Kasper Schmeichel. So I would love a Leicester fan to reach out. But good stuff, Kyle. I agree with both yeah. of them. Good job, mate. So Steph, um, shocker and showstopper individuals. So, I mean, it was, I feel like it was too obvious to go for an official this week um, because we're going to talk about that so much in the in, in the rest of the episode. Yeah. So I actually, I've gone for something and I hope, I don't know if there's any rules to this. Can I can, I can pick anyone in football. It doesn't have to be in the Premier League. Choose like ball boys and like, um, you know, um, people like that though. You know what I mean? You, you, no, 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 no. So basically, it's I've, I've got for the shocker. I've gone for Javier Chicharito Hernandez. Did oh, anyone see it? Nice. Yeah, I did. Did you see it, Kyle? I haven't seen it. I've heard oh, about it. Oh, so, 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 Galaxy against Sporting Kansas City, two-two, and they get a penalty in the ninety-six minute. He steps up, and you're thinking, well, you know, he's he's a he's 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 a decent player. He's on his hat trick. He's, he's, he's a decent player. He's a decent pro. He's going to put it away. He's exactly who you want to take the penalty in that time. And he goes and does a penenka and straight into the keeper's arms. And that and that is pretty much smashed their chances of playoffs as well. They had a chance yeah. to get playoffs. I'm surprised you chose him, but that's a good shout. I've actually just seen that about two, three hours ago on Twitter. It's a, it's a shocker. He's like he's giggling, isn't he? He's like giggling on he, the he, he is. He's almost like he turns away and he's like he's like ooh, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> if that if that was in the Premier League. I'm sure you have Steph's face, but a face is like, how would you describe a face, <laughs> Kyle, what you just did there? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> like she's just seen a ghost, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it must have been the ghost penalty. It must have been. Uh, ah, it was super, horrendous. It was horrendous. It was. You know, if you haven't already seen it, just go on Twitter and search in uh, Chicharito penalty, and it's it's an absolute shocker. It's an shocker, absolute shocker. Yeah, good stuff. Um, showstopper this week. Um, I've gone for Ivan Tony. Um, yeah. his is. I mean, obviously. Brentford great win against Leeds um and he scored a hat trick and what a hat trick it was as well um obviously penalty won the penalty he he dispatched the penalty and you know we were talking about this earlier Martin weren't we has he he doesn't he doesn't miss set pieces does he and then obviously he scored a free kick which was beautiful later in the game um but it was his goal um I can't remember what this his second or third goal where um Melier has come out he's lost it uh, Tony's picked it up and he's taken it past a defender, past Melier, and there's two defenders rushing back to try and protect the goal, and he's just dinked it so cleverly over them both. Like the composure, the calmness that he shows. I mean, you know, for someone who Newcastle let go, you you look at him now and you think, what the hell was going on at the club at the time to to, to not stick with him? Uh, because he's really come good, and you know, he's he, it was a fantastic hat trick for me. So that's that's my showstopper of the week, Ivan Tony. So I'll tell you who won't be happy with that. It'll be Callum Wilson because he's the one who's missing out because Tammy Abrahams, um, Ivan Tony, Kane, you know, he's he's dropping behind. And I think he's yeah. t- he's on borrowed time for that World Cup. I'm really upset yeah. because for me, Callum Wilson is as good as any of them, but I, I just think he's he's gonna miss out. You know, he's not good. I don't know how long he's out for, but Ivan Tony, he deserves a shot. Hundred percent, hundred percent deserves a shot in that England squad because he's an all rounder and he, he is. He can. He scores, all, he scores all kinds of goals, doesn't he? Um, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's on the ground. I'm going to throw in Mitrovic as well. He scored an, an absolute raker in the top corner. Kyle, who you said he wouldn't score more than two goals this season, and I said Mitrovic. <laughs> fire. 
I'm gonna. Do you know what? I heard um, I heard something about Simon Jordan. If you make enough opinions, the balance of probability you're gonna get about you're gonna get twenty percent wrong. And for some reason, I just keep remembering the twenty percent that everyone's got wrong so far. So I'm gonna rub it <laughs> in your faces. So my mine's Brendan Rodgers is a world class coach, and he allowed coach him sell out. And Man United are gonna finish fourth. They're my worst two predictions, and I'm pretty happy with them. But I said Mitro was amazing. So I, I, I think I've caught it wrong with Mitrovic. I think. Yeah. But the thing is, though, we know he can score goals, but, but not like that. Scoring, like, do you see the goal he scored, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's We always knew he was a good striker. It's just whether he could have done it. But he looks like he's added more to his game as well. He looks more mobile. Oh, he looks like he's, he's able to play on shoulders a little bit more and he's causing defenders nightmares, really. But I, I think, think the only thing with Fulham, if he gets injured, yeah, we, I just said that. That's the thing. Yeah. If he or the supply gets injured, they haven't got enough. And what what you find is for the first five to ten games, usually new teams have a new team bounce where yeah. teams kind of take you lightly. You don't really focus on them. You focus on you and how we're going to beat them. But yeah. all of a sudden, they're like, oh, God, these are no joke. So they'll start to prepare their team to defend better against it. So I think the goals will start to dry up, I think. Yeah. But he won't be as prolific, but he's doing brilliant and he looks fantastic. So, okay. So most important part of the section for um for us, even though we, we you know, we're, we are diehard Newcastle fans. We do try to keep it open and talk about every team in the Northeastern teams. But all three of us were at the games by hook or by crook. We managed to get there this weekend. Um, <laughs> and, and also there was a game last week and it felt like, do you know when you've gone out on a night out? I read this on Twitter. You know, when you've gone out a night out, got so drunk, you couldn't remember what you did. You wake up and you feel sick about dread about what you did the night before. It Anxiety. Kind of felt like we all woke up thinking, what the hell happened the night before after yeah. that Liverpool game? Come on, guys, summarise it. Who wants to go first? Because it was it felt sickening, that, that game. 2-1 to Liverpool. I was fizzing. Like, I just, so I, I was watching it in a, in a pub and... um. I had me car, so I wasn't I wasn't drinking, but everyone, wasn't drinking. <laughs> I had me car, I was being behaved and oh, yeah. everyone around us was and there was a couple of scousers in the corner, all Liverpool fans, and when they scored, it just felt like it, it felt like heartbreak. It felt like the going back to the Euros when obviously then the penalties happened and that. So I think it was the worst sort of football game I'd ever felt. When I got back in the car and drove home, I was absolutely fuming. But I there was definitely positives to take from the game. Um, Isaac looked very good. Yeah. Uh, obviously, looks he looks like he can be a threat, and I think he could even play with Wilson up front, and you could have him drifting out from the wing. Yeah. He looks like he can. He is mobile. Um, obviously, Longstaff had a much better game uh, after the Wolves one. He sort of made half made it up for it. Yeah. But that the I know we're going to touch on it later on in the podcast, but then decisions are just. Should not be happening at that level. Like, if someone could come on, I would. I'm calling out to Peter. If they want to come on and argue with me about that offside, I will sit here for an hour and argue with them. It's not a chance that that is offside, and the lines don't even match the halfway line. No. Right? and I won't go into too much detail now. I know we're going to talk about it later, but that is just it. Left me absolutely gutted and hurt. Really. Do you think that the referee needs to go and see Froder and get a watch that works, maybe in 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 Stavanger? Acacio? Yes, I do. He needs to get out of Norway, definitely. But every day, though, like they took the corner, and we we do we, we have to defend it. Yeah, and we've got to defend it better. And it has it's bounced a couple of times in the box, and someone's just going to see you later and get it out. 
but there's definitely an element of, of game management there I think because yeah. you know I, I, I listen I listen I listen to a couple of other people talking about the Liverpool game and and one person said, you know, I've 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 got no issue with us going and attacking and trying to win a game in the ninety-fifth minute. But for me, I think that there's definitely got to be an element of time management, especially when you're at Anfield. And you know, how how many times have we seen over the years and in, in every competition what happens at Anfield if there's if there's yeah. if there's if there's a lot of time. And I think um I said at the time to you, Martin, when we were watching the game that, you know, Joe Linton went down the right and he crossed it in and I, I I won't hold it against him, but I just feel like at the time we just needed to be a little bit smarter with the ball, um, and 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 you know we we needed to defend the corner as well. So although we do feel hard done by by the amount of time that was added on, I think you know there's definitely Newcastle need to look at themselves a little bit with that that result. Um, but I think I think what made it just so disappointing was how how well we had played for for ninety five minutes. Um, and and you know Liverpool would really match them. Would gone toe toe with another top top class team, um, and to to not come away with anything like you know to come away with the point would have been fa- fantastic, um, but to not come away with anything was just it was like a kick of the stomach, wasn't it? It was, and um, I'm going to mention tune polls a couple of times. I put a uh, we put a we put a, a tweet out on our uh, on our um, Twitter people's podcast, and the four words were. And t- Kyle and Steph, you've got to tell us which one you were, and I'll tell you which one won. So which one of these best describes your feeling after after VAR these last couple of days? Well, the Liverpool game. Foaming, seething, raging, or livid? Which word, Steph? Raging. Every Kyle? time. I, I put raging or livid, I think. But I could have set up four. And so then... Raging and livid. Raging and livid. Won, won the, won the, won the vote. So, listen, it was a sickener. But listen, the good thing was we had a game on that Wednesday. We have a really quick turnaround to play on Saturday. I was, you know, and we're desperate to go and put it right. We go against Crystal Palace at a three o'clock kickoff. I actually said to you on the on that day that week we're going to get one point, but I changed my mind now. Went two one Newcastle, and I was gutted because I said to you, Steph, all day, didn't I, on the morning. We are not going to win this game. We are going to be... You after- jinxed it, to be fair. Well, I just knew I just knew the Palace were going to... Something was going to happen, even though... One- keep, keep those thoughts to yourself. Well, yeah, you're right. I've got to be more positive. But anyway, coming over to you, you know, Newcastle nil, um, Crystal Palace nil. And if we were sick on Wednesday... or t- Was it Tuesday night, sorry, Liverpool? Tuesday or Wednesday? Oh, it's Wednesday. Wednesday night, yeah, it was. Well, if we're sick, then we might as well. We've, we've got punch and up massive uppercut. We've been knocked down. <laughs> we've got back up and we've just been sparked clean out because that was a disgrace, wasn't it, guys? Come on, tell us about the game overall. Against well, I think I think obviously we'll talk a little bit more about VAR later on, but um, you know, I think I think when I got to the ground on Saturday, I think I was still raging from Wednesday night, <laughs> and then I felt like we left the ground still raging. Um, it just feels never ending at the minute, doesn't it? Um, but it was. I mean, yes, we could talk all about the goal that should have been that wasn't allowed. Um, but again, like Newcastle had. I'm. I'm I think I'm being harsh on Newcastle this week. Newcastle had. 20 odd shots in that game we weren't clinical enough um obviously you know the decision was awful um but i feel like the game we, we should have put the game beyond palace before or after that happened yeah yeah kyle where, where's your head out with the with the game you were at the game 
think it's just another one where we a bit similar to the sort of the Wolves one where we've we probably have sort of dominated the game and had more chances than the others. But it's putting the chances to bed and actually creating clear cut chances. And I think it's just the games are showing how much we're missing Bruno mm. and Maximin, someone to bring the game to life. And oh changes if Isaac runs up runs on and scores that chance and obviously the, the pace to get away is brilliant, but it's just put the ball in the net. It's all we need is to put the ball in the net. Yeah. Um but by all means though, like Palace aren't a bad side. We, we, we know that we've seen them go head 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 a city like us. We've seen them go like big teams so far this season and they are Vieira hasn't playing good football. But there was times when we had the ball more than them and there's times when they had the ball more than us. It was just a, a so good matchup to be fair. You know the stats, you know the stats. They had sixty seven percent possession over thirty three percent Palace, would yeah. you believe? So they actually dominate the ball quite well. We had twelve shots to their eleven and they had eight shots on goal our five. I couldn't believe that when I seen it, just because it yeah. felt like we 100% deserved that game. And when I talk about shots, you know, we had 13 corners. We had the more clear-cut chances, but I know Steph's going to talk about Nick Pope in a minute. He made a, a world-class save at one point right in front of us. But we, it just felt like daylight robbery and and it was an entertaining nil-nil, wasn't it, guys? It was a really it was very, game. It was a great game. It was a great oh, it game. was, yeah. I think... Elliot came on again and he's yeah, he, he did well again. I think it's about time that maybe he deserves a start over Willock yeah, or over so. no midfielder because he came on and impressed again. And just when he has the ball, it just looks like something's going to happen. I haven't got he's... any inside knowledge on, on Maxi or or Bruno, Kyle or Steph, but do you know if they're, if they're coming back for West Ham on Sunday or not? It is. The rumours are that they should be back. Both? Uh, yeah, right. Well, right. both, yeah. I'm not... Do you risk getting chucked straight in? I think with Bruno, you've got to. Is that the last game before the break? We've got one more, haven't we? Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You'd like to think we, we could come out of these two games with six points, the yeah, next two we, games. We need to get a minimum. I would take a point to West Ham for sure in three. Yeah. If sure. we don't, a, a, okay, a good start turns into a not so good start. Average if start. it's not, if we're not coming up with four points at least. Okay. So just one thing I want to touch on before we get the ratings. So I watch Davy Moyes come out. I watch all at Klopp come out. I watch all these managers come out, right? And absolutely livid, go boiling. And that's probably why they almost get it now. Eddie Howe is full of class. He's brilliant. Did yeah. you want to see a little bit more from Eddie after the game? Steph, I'm going to come to you because I know you have some opinions on this. Um, I thought about this. And I think after the game, I think I was... We you know we were all kind of saying, "Oh, we hope people are going to come out and really say something." But actually, I've I've kind of thought about this, and I like Eddie how the way he is. Um, I think I think he probably could have said a little bit more. But when you look at, I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but I actually hate listening to the likes of Klopp moaning every week. Yeah. I, I I hate it. Uh, the way they are about it as well. I think it's 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 quite egotistical. It's you know it's entitled. It's it's that and Newcastle are neither of those things. Eddie Howe is neither of those things. Um, and I, I like the way he is. I like I like that he's got dignity about him. Um, and and I think the thing with the club and I'd I'd like to think that something has gone on behind the scenes. It sounds like it has, judging from what they've said today, that they they have submitted a formal complaint. But I think I'd rather see us do our talking behind the scenes rather than out in the public. So I'll I'll kind of agree to disagree, Steph. I think I think you have to fight. And I don't, I mean, with some class, 
I genuinely think if we're to get in the top four, we're going to have to get that nasty side. I really do. And I think Eddie Howe needs to inspire and, and drill that because when it comes to the crunch, right now we're judging him on a team that's 11th to 7th. In one year or two year time, they're going to be judging him and saying, why aren't we in top four? And these moments right now are where the winners come to the forefront and they get nasty because they don't like drawing or dropping points. So yeah. I think he just needs to find, I don't know how much percent, but he needs to find another edge Another edge, whether it's Tyndall or him, there needs to be that because I see I can see the players are starting to, but like Arsenal, Ateta's got a bit of class. When they come when the shit hits the fan, I just think they lack something. Whereas Klopp, I, we we he's public enemy number one right now. Oh, I, I know, but he's got a lot of trophies in his cabinet. And, yeah. and, and like I think what there's a fine want? line. There's, there's there a fine is. line between between looking like you're but you're you're a bully because you're a top four, top yeah. six club, yeah. and and being classy and dignified. I think there's there there is somewhere in between that that I think yeah. Eddie Howe could yeah, have possibly gone to. Um, but you know, I'd I don't I'd want Eddie Howe to come become like Jurgen no. Klopp yeah. and, and like that. I don't want him to become like that. Um, okay. because I, I think want, you know he's got someone on his mind there. But I agree, Steph. Can we uh, can we talk about Pep? Like how. And how this is a we talk about top top four entitlement thinking they can whinge and whinge. You've seen you see Arteta do it. You've seen all uh, Solskjaer do it last year. Magnick did it. You have you've had managers do it before at a top four. But Pep is the only one that I think out there managers you go and you, you have a bit of respect for. He respects the club he plays against. Yeah, he does. And you look at the difference. And when we drew three three with them, and when we drew, we obviously got beat by them. But we look at the difference between them two, and you just go and like. You can see why Klopp's a better manager. Like, yeah, no, um, Pep's a better manager. Yeah. Klopp is just, I just, yeah. There's always something, pitch is too dry. It's raining. So, who is the closest to that? I agree, though. I agree. Who is the closest to that, Steph, the way you've seen him just because how is Unreal? I, you know, he's a role yeah. model for every young coach, any coach. You're like, wow, what a guy, what a gentleman. Yeah. Who who would you say is, is, is Guardiola? Because Guardiola can be spiky as well, by the way. When he loses, yeah, yeah. he just doesn't speak. Yeah, he's, he, it's different, you know. Klopp just runs his mouth and whinges about, like, like Kyle says, he'll. It's like the playbook of Jurgen Klopp excuses or or whatever that that went against him that week. Um, Guardiola is different. He is a little bit more prickly about it. I think. I think you just needed. I think. I mean, how did say after the game that he that he disagreed with the decision and that it should have been a goal and that Joe Willock was pushed in the back. I don't know how far he he, he goes without coming across like an idiot or coming across like he's whinging and and he gets into trouble. But um, I think I'd just like to hope that we've we've done something behind the scenes and uh, you know nothing's going to probably happen. We're not going to get points awarded. Nothing. You know, it's it's been and gone now. It's just what happens from here on in and who learns from it good stuff no i just wanted to put that in so so listen steph let's round off the palace ratings let's give mm-hmm. us the ratings right so i'll um i'll start off obviously start with nick pope um so he actually i, I gave him our man of the match um so i give him an 8.5 and i just want to quickly say about him you know i think there was questions at the start of the season um, whether he was that much of an upgrade on Dubravka, well, he absolutely is, like for sure. I mean, he, his distribution, particularly his throwing, has been absolutely world class. He, he he just adds something different to the team. So he again, I mean, he's he's been our man of the match in what three of the four games this season, I think. Um, so um, Trippier eight again, very good game for Trippier. Um, Botman seven and a half, Share seven and a half, 
Matt Target, seven and a half. Um, Joe Linton, I probably would have given him a little bit more, but I thought in the second half he fizzled away. He started off very strong. Uh, went for a seven and a half again. Joe Willick, seven. Um, Sean Longstaff, six. Um, Miggy, seven. Isak, seven. And Fraser, seven. Um, yeah, good. So there's something about... Uh, can I just touch on Isak really quickly? So mm. Isak uh, had his chance one-on-one. Bit of a dodgy touch. He looks... After two games, you can't judge him. The one thing I will say is the, there was about four or five times the ball came in the air and he went from six foot three to about five foot one. He absolutely does not like the rough and tumble stuff. And this worries me because every time there was a tackle, he's very good at high pressing. He's very good on the ball in front of him. But when he had to hold it up and win headers, I was nervous. I was a little bit nervous. So so listen, for Isaac, he looks insane. He was brilliant against Liverpool. Um, so yeah, I just want I'm gonna keep an eye out on him. I think he's gonna be class, but I don't think he's gonna be prolific as we think. We bring back Wilson and play him from the wide. So listen, tonight uh or tomorrow, uh we have the the, the we record we're pre-recording the We is Tease Derby. So that'll be we'll look into that next week. So good luck to Sunland and Middlesbrough when they play. Um so what we're gonna do is we're just gonna look at the the predictions for the next week's games. And um, obviously Sunderland, just quickly, Sunderland won 3 0 v Rotherham. I think both of you predicted that. And Middlesbrough won lucky. A Jao Pedro masterclass for Watford against uh, against Watford. And they lost 2 1. So this yeah. the derby that's upcoming is huge, by the way, people. So I predicted Liverpool would win. I also predicted Newcastle would beat Palace, but I didn't think they would. So there's no change apart from me getting two points on the predictions. I'm on 11, Steph on six, Kyle Wilson, measly two points. So I'm still on two. You eh. bet Newcastle are going to win and they've only won one game all season. So. That's what happens when you bet for Newcastle every time. I'm going to have to go against I'm going to have to change your prediction again. Uh, I'm going to have to go against them this time. So let's, let's do it. The predictions now. West Ham versus Newcastle. We're going to have to say it. Um, let's go, Steph. So I'm going, I'm actually going for a draw. I think we're draw specialists. Um, yeah. West Ham are um, playing, obviously, in Europa League midweek. Uh, so, you know, you'd hope that they might have a few tired legs, but they haven't, they've only won one game this season and I feel like it's going to be a tough game. So 1-1 one, one for me. Okay. Kyle? <laughs> I, I don't want to do it because I feel like I'm just jinxing them every week. But I'm going to go with a 2-0 two, two Newcastle win. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I, I think, I've always said I would never bet against Newcastle, but I think is actually going to grab a brace. And I, I know you've said before, but I am. I have been quite excited by him, so I'm gonna. Uh... It's good. Fingers crossed, mate. I, I'm glad you've gone for that because I, I think we'll get beat. I think yeah. I think we're going to get beat one nil. I'm going to put one nil. I think West Ham are going to be boiling. Like we're boiling as well, but they're going to be boiling. Like and they've got a good team, West Ham. So. Yeah. I just think we'll we will hammer Bournemouth, but I think this is coming unless Maxi and Bruno but I think it's gonna be one nil West Ham. I really do. Um so disappointing, but I'm gonna put that. So Sunland versus Millwall, just quick thrash through. Kyle, Sunland versus Millwall. One nil Sunland. Steph. Two nil Sunland. Blackpool Borough. I've went two nil Borough. Up the Borough. I'm gonna go three one Borough. Up the Borough. Right, so listen, that wraps up the Premier League and the 
the Northeastern. What we're going to do is a quick segue into the WSL and the women's game because we've got a special guest coming from the women's game. So we're going to do a quick women's Super League special. So what I'm going to do is pass you straight over to, we'll go Steph. Steph, can you give us a little update on what's happening this weekend? So obviously the WSL's back. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of um there's a lot of anticip- anticipation around the new season starting, obviously after the Lionesses uh winning the Euros in the summer. Um I think when you look at the WSL, I think it's it's really hard to look past, you know, those 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 top three, Chelsea, Arsenal and, and Man Man City. Um I personally I can't see past Chelsea. I think they're just an excellent team. They've strengthened in the summer. Um, notably, Kadisha Buchanan, uh, the Canadian centre half. I mean, Martin, you know Kadisha. You know she's what? How good is she? She's excellent, isn't she? Yeah, um, best centre back in the world for me. And, and and I think that's just an absolutely superb signing for them. Um, they're already good, but I mean, she's just going to add another dimension at the back. They've also signed a Swe- Swedish uh, international winger um, and a few others as well. So again. I, I just think it's hard. They've got such a good team. Um, they've got they've got class all over the field. Um, I think it'll be really hard hard to beat them. Um, but I think um, Arsenal obviously were the pipped yeah. them closest last last season, and I think they'll probably be, again be the closest challengers. Um, again, they've got a, an excellent squad. They've added another striker in um, Lena Hurtig, the the Swedish international. Um, so she comes in as like you know a bit of backup to to um, to Vivian Medima. Um, Man City's a funny one this season. I know they had a terrible start last year and then they really came through in the end, but they've had a bit of turnaround with the squad. Um, obviously, they've lost Lucy Bronze and they've lost Georgia Stanway um, and Caroline Weir as well. Um, they've signed a couple of really good younger players, um, Australian striker Mary Fowler um, and also a Venezuelan striker who's got a very good goal record, um, who's come over from Spain, I believe. Um, they'll They'll be up there, but I think seeing that kind of turnaround in the squad it'll be interesting to see how that that goes because obviously Stanway bronze we are all key players for them um so for me I'm going to go Chelsea they take the title again um can't see past them yeah you can't can you it's tough in it I mean Arsenal pushed them well last season but in the end the class shone through it'll just be interesting how deep Chelsea go in the Champions League Steph and because that's Emma Hayes's that's that's I think when she gets that she'll probably finish the women's game and maybe even move into the men's game. And that's for another another conversation. So good stuff, Steph. Uh, Kyle, who's your surprise um, season, son? Obviously, what, what Steph said is brilliant. But the one team I want to mention is probably Liverpool, who are just coming up with the team. And I'm this is me getting over the over the Liverpool grudge just to talk about them in the women's game. But yeah. they are, obviously, they had a good season last year. I've seen a few, few games, few highlights of them. And... They look like a good side and play good football. And like, like you mentioned, they've made a fantastic signing in the in the summer. So they've strengthened even more, ready to go. Yeah. And I think they could be challenging at, at the top very, very soon. I think it's sort of another powerhouse in world football taking a leap into the women's game. Um, and oh, I'm trying to think of the, the girl's name. Van Van der Sanden. The, yeah, is it Dutch? From yeah, from Holland. That's a huge signing, yeah. by the way. I mean, she might be in her 30s now, but when she was when they won the Euros two, three years ago, she was on yeah. fire, by the way. She's a she's a monster signing. So yeah. I think it's gonna be a good year for women's football. Obviously, I think I seen it today that Arsenal have sold 40,000 tickets for the North wow. London Derby. Wow. And fortunately, that's probably gonna pip uh Newcastle's Newcastle. 
23,000 last year. So hopefully we can do one over them again. But it's it's obviously women's football runs in my house and my sister and it's good to see them getting the the time and the, the, what's it called, um, the... Can't get the worst. Publicity. Publicity. They're getting the publicity, which is great for the women's game. I'd like to say a big congrats to your sister who was in the under-17 squad for England as well, playing at yeah. Durham Cestry, another northeast team fighting in the in the same league as Newcastle. So listen, women's football is flying, and this is a great segue now into our next guest. We will have a, a little break, but then straight into our next guest, which is a showstopper. So looking forward to that. So moving on now to the to the most exciting part of the show and the, and, and the special part of the show, which is where we have our special guest. And this guest is definitely a special guest. She's a she's a current legend. I don't see that lightly in the women's game. So I'm really excited to have um, a player who's played in America, played over 100 times for Durham women, and also now is at Rangers as a full-time professional player. And she was just recently announced as the club captain. So without further ado, I'd love to, and I'm really happy to have her on, if I'm honest. It's she's a I would class her as a friend, maybe, 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 Kath. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That. We'll, we'll say that. But it's none other than I'll give your name away now. Catherine or Kath Hill. Now I forgot to ask you which one you wanted to be, but welcome on, Kath. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Looking forward to being on. Excited to to catch up and talk about football. Absolutely. So Kath, I didn't even ask what what I always just call you Kath. What are you known as? Is it Catherine or Kath? What are you? What's your? What's um, to be honest, I think you're the only coach that calls me Kath. Oh, it's really? Mostly, mostly been Kathy. Oh, yeah. Sugar, right? But okay, so I think I think Kath's better. I think I need to get Kath. that. Yeah. Oh, let's get that trending. Let's get that trending. We'll go with Kath. <laughs> just give you a little bit of background. Obviously, Steph's in the pod as well. Steph, welcome, welcome to uh, you and uh, you've never met Kath before. No, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to to Cass and find out all about her journey and 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 like what's what's kind of coming and and what what, what the things that she's got to look forward to uh, in in a, in a new club. So it'll be uh, it'll be good to hear about that. Absolutely. So so listen, a little bit of context for all the listeners on on Kath that you know. Um, I worked with Kath at Durham, and I actually worked at a university several years ago at Durham University where we went back to back double, didn't we? We won the double. We were we were flying yes. that season. You had sent her back spraying balls. Didn't score as many goals as you are for Rangers now, but you were still uh, on top form then in, in the WSL for a little time. And um, what I'm going to say about Kath, and I hope this comes through, is she's one of the most passionate, driven, and the word I'll use, competitor. Now, I was terrified in training when we played football, tennis, or like a, a little fun game. When I, If I missed a score, Kath would let me know in that Scottish accent and it terrified his Kath. Isn't that right? Yes. You need to win everything. There's yeah. no point in playing if you don't want to win. But I, um, I do I do like to think I've calmed down a little bit now, but people would say otherwise, probably. I don't think I should ever leave you, Kath. That's no. not a bad thing. You're a competitor and you're a warrior on that pitch, and that's what um that's what people love in the game, that's for sure. Yeah. So Kath, listen, what we're gonna do, we're gonna get into it then. So I think for me, like I said, fantastic centre back, ball playing centre back, but I just want to go back to um, everyone's talking about the women's game right now, but maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, especially up in Scotland, it probably wasn't talked about. So take us back to the beginning of the journey and where you are now, and you can start as early. But I just want to know where you get that competitive spirit and where you get that love for your club. So where, where does it come from? Yeah, I think, obviously, uh, my dad growing up 
big Rangers fan. So when I was younger, it was just, well, I've got a twin brother as well. So I think that's how I got into football, just kind of following him about, hanging about with him and, and get, you know, he's going down the park to play football when I was going with him. So I think playing playing with the boys when I was younger probably helped kind of get that fight about me. But then I think, you know, when I was at, I actually didn't sign for Rangers straight away um, initially because I wasn't good enough. So I, I was just in training with them. Um, so that was like the first kind of knockback. I don't know what age I would have been, maybe 15, 16. And I think at that point I was um, going to... Scotland under 17 camps as well and getting getting in the camps but not getting in the squad so I think early on I was getting so close but not where I wanted to be and I think at that young age obviously you take it quite quite heavy um, but I think I used it the right way and kind of just you know made made myself work harder and get to where I wanted to get to after that um, and then I finally signed for Rangers at 17s eventually went into the ladies team and then I got my call up to Scotland in the 19s as well. And I think from that point on, it was all kind of up, upwards from that point. Mm. So you had a few setbacks in there as well. So yeah. were, you playing, were you playing with boys as a younger like female at 9, 10, 11? Were you, was the girl team set up then? or? Yeah, so I played with the, the local boys team of our town. Um, my brother was in that team as well. And then I can't remember, maybe around 13, 12, 13, I moved to the local girls team and I was there for a, a few years and then that was when I got asked to go to Rangers um to start training and stuff like that so um but I did play boys football I think at that point to as late as I could because I know there was a, like an age limit um yeah, how far you could play so yeah. I think I played for as long as I could with the, the boys team. What position were you then? I can't remember. I remember um, always winding my brother up because I was scoring more goals than him. So I don't know if I was a striker, but I actually can't remember. Maybe midfield. I was definitely midfielder when I was at Rangers. So we'll go with midfielder. Yeah, you just running around kicking people and scoring. Yeah, probably, yeah. Are you better than your brother, Kath, as well? <laughs> yeah, I think he would admit that. But uh, it's a shame because he was quite a skinny little boy. He's, he's bulked up now, but I think... I think he was just he was just too skinny and lightweight when we were younger. I think I was pushing him off the ball. <laughs> that sounds about right to me, to be fair. Yeah. So so like let's let's dig into that. So youth football, you played boys, boys football, like all the way up. You got into Rangers. So from there, from 17, you got into Rangers women's team. Where, where did the journey go then? Because I know it took you and different places didn't it so what was and Steph was going to ask you to dig into that about America but it took you to America right yeah so I was at Rangers for I think around five years um I must have been younger actually because I left when I was 20 so I maybe was at Rangers younger than 17 but it was at under 17's level I started and then um eventually I kind of got into the ladies set up quite young and uh, that obviously gave me quite a lot of confidence and then my old coach from America, Angie Hind and Michelle Barr came in. So Angie was assistant national team coach. She left that role and then and then came into Rangers. Uh, she wasn't there for long, maybe a year, but we finished second that year. So it was we went from a kind of mid-table team at Ladies to then finishing uh, second, which at that point, before they won the league last year, was the highest we'd finished. So we had a really good season under her and then she left to go to America and you know everyone was gutted about that especially me because I think she was one of those coaches that got the best out of me mm. um, and then she wasn't there that long and she she just randomly phoned me and asked if I'd be interested in going over to America 
And at that point, I was at university at Strathclyde. Um, but she said you can you can transfer all your credits. So basically, everything I'd done two years in uh, Scotland would get transferred over, and I'd just finish my degree. And from that point, just to to learn again for another two years under Angia and and live in America, which is something I thought about when I was younger. I just thought, why not? It was the perfect time. So I ended up over in America. What was it like, Kath? Because um. Back then, obviously, a lot of a lot of young female players ended up going across for, to to America for, with scholarships and things like that, didn't they? Because it, I guess it was the opportunities just seemed to be a bit, you know, better there. Like in terms of like what it's like now, do you think we'll see less and less of of, of the younger sort of coming through players in England and, and Scotland going over there now that there's a better sort of there's a better underbelly of those academies and those setups now here. Yeah, definitely. I don't think um, as many young players will go over. I think all the young players that are really promising are getting signed under professional contracts now. I mean, at Rangers right now, we've got three um, of the young girls. I think one's 16, two of them are 17. And they're just unbelievable. And they've they've already they've got professional contracts this year. Um, and I mean, they're still in school. So I think they're getting snapped up so early over here. And, and you know, for to be able to to be a professional at that age. I said it straight away when I came in to Rangers. The, the setup at Rangers is amazing. And and these kids have got this for the next 10, 15 years of their careers. So you wouldn't blame them for not, not wanting to go to America. But I did love America at the time. I think it was the right thing for my development. Um, but obviously now I, I can't see why younger kids or girls would stay in England and the, uh, Scotland. Because it's obviously great that it's obviously great that there is that those opportunities here now to get full time contracts at such a young age. But I guess it then takes away from you know that experience of going abroad and and kind of going off on your own on your own journey and and in in more in, in some ways it shapes you more as a person. I guess that uh, you know not just not just as a player going out and experiencing different cultures and different things like that. So. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, do you do you do you, it, what 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 was the thing you got most out of being in America? Was it was it the playing side of it? Was it was it like just being in a different place and and kind of finding your feet? What was what was the biggest thing you took from that that sort of experience? Yeah, I think it was just um, maturing as a person. I think it was that whole experience. Obviously, um, I hadn't been away from home at that point, so I think just moving over there and and simple things like learning to cook for yourself and do your own washing and stuff like that. I mean, you obviously had the support of your coaches and there was other staff over there that looked after you, especially as an international student. But I think it was just that kind of freedom that I wasn't used to, but also making sure I was still able to look after myself in the right way to, to make sure I was still doing well at football. So um, I think the, the football side of things as well, it, it kind of turned me into more of an athlete over there because they focus so much on lifting weights and, and running, which is probably something that we never really done in Scotland. Before I moved over, they were just kind of introducing gym sessions and stuff like that. But, you know, that, that took a lot for me to go over there and kind of develop that side of my game as well. So um, overall, it was just a good experience. But um, I suppose they're getting that at the clubs now as well. So, so, yeah. so great answers there, Kat. So from America... You're 22, 23, maybe. You come back. Why didn't you come back to Scotland? And how did you end up diverting to Durham? Yeah, I think um, I had a lot of things going on in my personal life. And I think I just wanted to be back home. I was so far away from home. Mm. Um, I did think about staying over there, but 
it's so hard to get to get a club. Obviously, they've only got really got one big league over there, and it's yeah. professional. So I think um, I just got Angie to kind of reach out to to clubs over here, and the, I think Angie was um, trying to reach out to um, clubs in Europe. But I think just being at home in the UK, where I was driving distance from home, was important for me. And then Durham obviously had the the kind of opportunity to do my masters as well, so I ended up just going for that and and then doing my masters at Durham. And you were a full-time teacher, right? You you were pretty much training what university schedule you were doing Durham women's and you're also a teacher as well. Yeah, it was crazy. Now that I look back, I just don't know how I've done it. Obviously, my <laughs> first two years, I was balancing my master's in education. So that wasn't too bad because the master's was part-time. And then I just had a little kind of cafe job. So it wasn't too bad. But then my third year, I went and, and done my teacher training, which was full on. That was every single day just being like a full te- a full teacher but you were training um and then going to train at night and then I qualified for that and was teaching for two years so uh, the last three years were a bit hectic I, I, I honestly don't know how I've done it now that I look back no it's um it's not easy you know you hear the stories of like you know um you know when you played against Man United last year and you drew 2-2 and all the all the people going hey Mrs Hill or hey Mrs Holmes and yeah that's right yeah it just it just makes you think you know what I mean you're like there's thousands of fans and you're like these girls are like yeah it's it's so like you know a lot of respect for you is like when I was there I was like my god they're like nine to five and we're pushing them to the limits of training they're up at the crack of dawn like so it's just so good to see you girls getting opportunities now and the stuff that you deserve because you've worked so hard and then you know that iceberg that you think of all the stuff underneath it yeah be the top and you know you with your armband arranges but all that journey and there's the suffering and the hard work you've done you deserve it Kat so so what happened what what happened then the call from Rangers you must have been absolutely ecstatic to to go back to Rangers after you know a few years in Durham yeah, when I, when I found out that was a, a kind of possibility, then my head was set. I just wanted to do everything to make sure I was I was back home. Um, I, I said I wanted to go home, but obviously I wasn't sure with Rangers winning the league and Champions League if if they'd already done their recruitment and stuff. Um, but thankfully, you know, I managed to to get that to work, and you know, I came in started July, and it's just it's been brilliant since. It's just been. Living the dream, as people say, but it really is. So I'll 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 take you back to our banter on the pitch about Stevie G and that we used to. So like Kathy, you like you like just you're so passionate about that club. Like seriously, like I, I've never seen anything like it. Like every every session, we're like, how's Stevie G doing? And you were, you were rushing off to the games. You drive back up, like you love, you absolutely love that club. Yeah. Um, and it, it is honestly when I seen the the picture on Twitter, I was so happy. I, I said to Steph, this is. That's absolutely unreal. Like there's just two two things you put together, and obviously yeah. it's a lot stronger than it was. And so what we'll do, we'll um, I think we'll dig into the men's side a little bit and why you love them. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna go back to my. I'm gonna tell you why I love Rangers. So in my one of my bio, it's like my second club is any team Gaza played for. So <laughs> listen, the guy's born on the same day as me, May 27. Um, he's a Geordie. He's nutter, hilarious though, brilliant. Like so much fun and and he's a typical Geordie Glaswegian I would say and I can tell why you love them so some of the stories you hear is unbelievable what are your memories of Gaza I know you're you're 27 but was he what are your memories can you remember anything of him or not really no I think 
everything that I know about him now is probably just like I heard I heard Dally McCoy's talking about him once with the two fish that he put in um one of the players' cars. I can't remember who what player it was. Um might have been Richard Goff, but um he put two fish in his cars. I remember hearing that story, but on the pitch I don't actually remember much about him. I think it was just before I started getting into it that he was there. I just remember they did a, a documentary. I don't know if you watched it, Catherine, when he was yeah. in the Rangers. It's in the doing the Dad's Doorstep Challenge with Jimmy Five Bellies and then some of the stuff like yeah. he, he's metal. When we talk about characters of the game, I think in the female game, you are one of the characters. Like you, you're the type of player, me, Brassy, and the other guys used to love coaching. Do you, do you know what I mean? You can have that banter. You've, you're not yeah. Gaza. I'm not saying you're Gaza, <laughs> you're, but what I'm saying is. You're a character of the game, and I think that um, you know you're a strong leader, but you're a real character as well. So we could have a good bit chat about that for sure. So, so yeah. listen, what, how were you feeling when Gerard left? Were you were you gutted? We used to talk about. It. I said he might be Newcastle's next manager. You're like, nah, he's not coming. And so, you know, what's what's happened since he's left? And were you gutted or? Yeah, I was gutted when he left. Obviously. Um... He won us that 55th league title, which was the one that we wanted. Um, if we didn't win it that year, Celtic were winning 10 in a row, so it was massive. Yeah. Um, so I think, obviously, I think everyone knew he was probably wanting to, to manage in the Premier League. Um, so as much as I was gutted, I didn't like hate him for leaving. I think a lot of the fans still, they're, they're happy that he's not doing that well at Villa and stuff. But I really want him to do well because he, he got us what we wanted and brought back those happy times. We obviously had great runs in Europe with him as well. And I think since Geo's came in now, um, obviously we made the Europa final last year, Champions League this year. Um, it did take a little bit of time, I think, for Geo to come in and kind of inherit that squad and put his, his own spin on things. But I think we're now starting to see it come together and onto onto the, the Geo now. So, Gerard, I forgot about him. Your life is just full of... Rangers. I bet you're on the Saturday at Rangers. I bet you Sunday you're playing yeah. for Rangers. It's literally you're just living. Steph, you've got something. Yeah, yeah we, I mean, we were were you always like a season ticket holder growing up at Ibrox? Wait, are you? Wait, is that a, re- a regular thing for you going to the games and stuff? Yeah. So um, I can't remember what age I got a season ticket before I was in America. I think me, my dad, and my brother had one a season ticket each for about maybe five years, and then obviously when I went to America. I gave it up and my dad gave his up. My brother just got another one with his mates um, in a different stand. And then I was back from America for one year and I got a season ticket. I knew I probably wouldn't make too many games. Um, but whenever I could, I would drive up Friday night, go to the game Saturday and then drive back down from one game Sunday. So that was the kind of norm for a few years. Oh, that's classic. But what what would be like? We're looking back on, you know, I guess when you were younger and those 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 glory days before everything, you know, turned for the club. What what would be your like favorite memory or your like that, that most stands out for you supporting Rangers? Um, there was a cup final at Hamden against Celtic. I think it might have been my first cup final, but it was my mum's first old firm. My dad had a bad feeling that day, so he said to my mum, you can take the ticket. So she oh, took no the to Rangers Celtics. Yeah, I think it was a Scottish Cup final. It went to extra time. And I remember the Rangers fans all doing the bouncy, which they're known for. And my mum turned around and was like, should I join in? And me, me and my brother were already bouncing up and down. <laughs> of course. And then I think the, the goal that day in extra time hit off the post and like spun back out and spun in. Like it was just crazy. But um, that was obviously, I think, my first Cup final and it was against Celtic and I just remember mom buzzing as well, so probably my my favourite one. Ah, class. But you mentioned your mum there. Obviously, every time you score, you kiss your 
yeah yeah you're shining is that is that what one of the things that drives you on you you drive your mum and and driving that forward yeah I think she would be buzzing right now just being back at Rangers and stuff I think before she met my dad I don't think she was a massive Rangers fan but I think after being my dad and and having us to Rangers staff she could just kind of um was born into it so yeah just that's it just trying to do as much as I can I still want to hopefully get a Scotland call up that's still on on my mind that's my next point I've got it written down so I don't know if you know there's a petition for Cath Hill it's got (laughs) one million signatures I'm looking to get it to five million by the end of the pod so I reckon Cath by the next time we talk and I'm going to bring you back on when you get your first cap you're coming back on here because you will And I, I definitely think you you will get in. And, I, I, you know, I, I think I, that's all we used to say every week. Have you had a call yet? Have you had a call yet from Scotland? No, I used to just go, what's going on here? Yeah. So oh. it's going to come. You're the Rangers women's captain. If you And just to just to let you know, everyone, Kath's unfortunately sitting with a moon boot on. She doesn't know. She's got an injury. Kath, do you want to tell us a little bit about that right now, which is a bit of a good Yeah, up. picked it up in the Champions League. So that was a bit of a, you know... I've played in my first game in the Champions League for Rangers. I was absolutely buzzing and then twisted my foot um, during the game. I think it was like 65 minutes in. So it was like one high to another low in one game. But um, that was a couple of weeks ago now. So we obviously got through the Champions League into the playoff round. Um, but yeah, I only played the first game. Um, so just been a bit down since I came back because obviously... I want to be fit for the next round, but I'm still waiting on scan results. But I'm hoping it won't be too ba- bad. And obviously, the good thing is Rangers, obviously, as professionals it is, I've got mm-hmm. great physios and doctors around. So I'll get the best treatment I can, which is the positive of the situation and hopefully be back soon. Yeah, no, I'm I'm honestly fingers crossed for you. And um, I, hope it, I hope it's okay. So, so you've got the Champions League for Rangers to look forward to. You won the league last season. Is the um is the rivalry in the women's Rangers Celtic is it as big as the men's or not or is it not there or um I think I think it just depends I think it's probably similar to the guys side where players coming in from abroad and stuff might not know that rival but I think the players who are in our squad who are big Rangers fans it's just like any other old firm to them especially me so um it's the ones you want to win. We played them in the Glasgow Cup at the start of the season. It was kind of pre-season. They've tried to introduce this new cup um, and we beat them 2-1 in that. And um, I think some of the tackles and stuff went in, it, it did feel like a, an old form. So well, um, it'll be you. interesting in the league though because they're, they're a really good side. They are strong. I think they knocked Rangers out both cup competitions last year. So um, it's something that they talk about a lot and obviously want to put right this year. I, I bet you if they didn't know... I bet you they do now. I bet you let them know. So, uh, <laughs> in, um, historically, it's Rangers, Celtic, and Glasgow City, right? They're the three big hitters. And after that, there's a bit of a gap. Usually, there's Hibs, there's a few others, but there's a big gap in there. But I think that that wasn't always there. So to have them three team competing is bigger. And once you start to drag in a few more, that I think it's a really competitive league right now. And you know, years are going deep. Hopefully, they'll go deep in the Champions League. So yeah, yeah. Good luck with that, Kath. So Kath. We're going to accept there's anything else from you. Or do you? We've got these 10 funny questions that Kyle sent and we've, we've dug into it. Okay, so it's kind of yes and no's, quick hot topics. Okay. Right. Um. All right. So you've just got a, a first thing that comes to your mind. All right. So 10 yeah. questions. So your best individual moment? Uh, Scotland under 19's goal against Ukraine. 
Good. Rod Stewart or Roy Keane? That's a tough one. I don't like any of them. (laughs) (laughs) Probably Roy Keane, just because Rod Stewart's always on the Celtic games. Yeah, he is. Roy Keane. That was tough. I don't really like That's brilliant. I I knew I'd get you on that one. Uh, Gerard or Gio? Gio. Oh, okay. Take this in any context you want. Durham, Newcastle, or Sunderland? Um, oh, this is a tough question. I know. I'll say I'll say Durham because I did have good five good years there. Okay, good, good. If not Rangers, who? Leeds. Leeds. <laughs> oh, we might need to talk about that. That's got to say they got into Leeds. I say this all the time whenever someone asks me. Who's your English team? It's cause me, me and Gutsy though. I knew you were going to say Natalie, and that's good. So yeah. yeah, he loves it. Um, who's the bigger club, Rangers or Newcastle? Rangers. <laughs> we'll have words about that, Catherine. We'll have words. Uh, can you lend us eighty quid? Yeah. Oh, nice. Thank you. I'll, I'll say <laughs> thank you. This after, no worries. Um, your, your favorite player? What of all time or now? Uh, all time. Barry Ferguson. Barry Ferguson. No, he was. Ah, he's a Rangers good. legend, man. Yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he was. He was. McCoist or Morelos? <laughs> um, McCoist. Yes. <laughs> Buffalo's having a tough time, isn't he? He's, uh, he's not. Yes, having yeah. time. Um, have you got a hidden talent? Nope, I don't. No hidden talents. I believe you. I believe you, Kath. To be fair. Yeah. Quite boring. What you see is what you get with Kath Hill. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Listen, Kath, um, Steph, is there anything else from you? I think it's just listening to you talk about playing for Rangers. I can tell how much it means for you, like to you. It's obviously such a big deal and it's it's great to hear that. And I think it would just one final one from me would be obviously we'll pray that the scan's good and it's not it's not a long term for you. But once you get back fit, like what is the what what's what's the biggest thing you want to achieve when you what whilst you're at Rangers? Um I think Probably the league, the league title would be the the main thing. I think obviously, I think City had won it for fourteen years until Rangers won it last year. So I think it's going to be a big test to try and retain it this year. When you're champions, everyone wants to beat you. So I think um, that's the one thing on a club note that I would love. And then obviously personally, I just want to try and get that one cap. I just want one, and then I'm happy. So, <laughs> Um, you'll, you'll not you'll not answer the phone after that first one. You'll yeah, just... <laughs> I get one. I'll, I can retire on that note. I'll be quite happy. So yeah, that would be a personal personal goal. Oh, so, tough listen, stuff. Listen, Kath, thank you very much for coming on. It's a pleasure. It's just great to see you as well. I haven't seen you probably yeah, you in too. a long time. It's been over a year yeah. now, and so you know, I'm really proud of you from from you know seeing from, from five six years ago when I was at Durham to see you back at Range. I know how much it means to you, and, you know, personally yeah. as well. I know how much it means. So. Good luck with it. We're going to get you back on when you get that first cap. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully not too long. Yeah, well, hopefully get the, the, you get your news from your physio, you get back fit, you've yeah. come through hard times before. If anyone can do it, you can, yeah. you'll be fine. Exactly. So, but reach out if you need anything. Um, yeah. Come back we'll down, do. you know, let us know and um, take care and, and good luck, Kath. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks, so, Kath. I'll make sure I have a listen to them all and get caught up. But they've been really good. I enjoyed the first one, so... Yeah. I'm sure they'll just keep going. They will. Yeah. This will be the best one yet, obviously. Oh, by far. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, oh, (laughs) I can say that the other guys. We'll we'll edit that. We'll edit that out. All right. (laughs)
Hi guys, if you're not sick of my voice already, please head over to our social media accounts. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at The People's Football Podcast. And on Twitter, you can find us at The TPFP. Our social medias contain polls, information and overall fun football banter. So please have a look. Different level there, Kath. Kath Hill from Rangers. We absolutely love that conversation and um, what a player she is. And, you know, fingers crossed of an injury. We'll definitely follow up on the next podcast to see how she is and, and how they perform in the Champions League in the next round. So good luck, Kath. We're going to have you back on. Uh, so listen, Steph and Kyle have no idea what I'm about to do. I thought about it today and I put it together. So I'm going to really test Steph and Kyle's Newcastle knowledge, Okay. So it's a little competition called What's the Time, Mate? All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to, and don't check your phones or anything, is we're going to take you back to some of Newcastle's most famous ever goals. And what we're going to do is you're going to guess the times. Whoever gets closest wins the point. So take yourself back to Man- Newcastle United 5, Manchester United 0. Fucking... <laughs> I don't think Kyle was born then. I wasn't born. I can't take myself back. So what I'm going to do, right, Philip Albert scored a goal in the game, okay? And it was the fifth goal of the game. Kyle, I'm going to come to you first. You get the first one. Steph gets the second one. And what I'll say is, uh, please don't cheat on it and say, like, if Kyle says one minute, you don't. You say 35 seconds or two minutes. That is just a cop-out, whoever goes. But you can do whatever you want. 5-0 Newcastle. Philip Albert scored the fifth goal. What time was it scored at, Kyle? 78th minute. Steph? I'm going to go 82nd. So that goal was scored on 83 minutes. <laughs> Get in. That's <laughs> point one. And I promise you, <sighs> Kyle, she doesn't have a clue I was doing this, by the way. So, Steph, I'm coming to you now. Ryan Taylor, over the wall, scored in a 1-0 win in 2011. In what minute was that goal scored? Fifty-seven. Okay, Kyle. I'm trying to think because I, I had it on in seven. I was on the way to a game and I remember having it on and I can't remember if it was scored in the first half or the second half. I was same. To be fair, Kyle. I'm gonna go thirty-seven. So the goal was on sixty-two minutes. <laughs> French, mine or French? Five minutes. Language. <laughs> oh, We're a family podcast, Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> I think, I'm hoping, Kyle, you're going to get this right. Oh, yeah. Newcastle 4, well, Sunderland 1, Newcastle 4, Alan Shearer's last ever goal for Newcastle in 2006. In what minute did Alan Shearer score that penalty against Sunderland, where I did the Amiobi and I turned around because that's what it's all about? Come on. 84. 84. Four minutes. Steph, what are you it, what are you going for? It wasn't the last goal of the game, was it? So I feel I'm like sure. it was sooner. Um, I'm going to oh, say... Boy. I was free. I was free. <laughs> you might be, I mean, I'm just thinking. Um, I'm going to go for um, 72. 61 minutes. <laughs> so that's almost 4.1. So 3-0. Albert Luque wrapped it up, didn't he? So, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go to this game, and I'm hoping Kyle might have been there, but 
Is it in my timeline? Newcastle 2, Bolton 0. Which game am I going for? Which goal am I going for? Do you think, firstly, Newcastle 2 in 2012, someone scored one of the greatest goals for Newcastle? In oh, Hatton Ben Offer. Yeah, Hatton Ben Offer scored in a 2-0 win. In what minute, Kyle, did Hatton Ben Offer score? So I was in Mexico and I'm trying to think of it. Was it the second half? Was it the second half? It's, it's enough steps to go first anyway. <laughs> I'll go first if you want. <laughs> I want to go oh, 62. Steph, is it your I want to go 62. Was it your turn, Steph? I've got I two left. You're going to go, you can go next on the two. So he's going 62. What are you going for, Steph? 75. Have you been checking my notes? 73 minutes? No, I haven't. 73 minutes? <laughs> I, I, knew was, I knew it was the Gallagher. A lot of these games. So, next one worth five, yeah? Next one is worth five points. And this is going before, Kyle, you weren't even in diapers. You weren't even, like, I'm not even saying you weren't even born by then. Um, but anyway, one of the great goals, Newcastle United, three, Barcelona, two, Tino Asprilla scored his first goal of his hat-trick. In what minute, Steph, did he score it? And then you can work from this, Kyle. You can cheat on this. This is worth five points. If you don't get it, Kyle, I'm not going to do the last one because you're crap. <laughs> Steph, you get this, you win. You win a holiday to Whitley Bay. Oh, I don't want to you. Oh, do you know what? I don't want to give too much away for Kyle here, but I feel like you've got to I see. Feel it. Like... I know, I, I know, I know, I do, but I don't want to. I'm just going to go with the time. I'm not going to say what I was thinking. I'm going to go with he scored his first goal in the 52nd minute. Kyle, 51st. So Kyle gets five points. It was actually in the 22nd minute. Yes, I'm on your half wits. <laughs> Do you know what I was I trying to that. think? What, 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 I couldn't remember what happened. So let's take it to a tie break, okay? Come so, on. so because I know Steph was at this game, I'm gonna go to who wants who do you think should get it first? Because I think Steph might have some intel on it. I don't know if she'll know the time, but she was at this game. I know. Kyle, do you want to take it or do you want to give it to I'll Steph? I'll take it. I'll be brave. Ballsy. So Newcastle new uh, Chelsea nil. Newcastle 2, 2012, Papa Cissé scored one of the greatest goals for Newcastle. In what minute? Do you want to pass it over to Steph or do you want to take it, Kyle? I've got two, I'll take it. I've got two minutes in my head. I've got two minutes. Definitely wasn't scored on two minutes. No, 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 I've got two <laughs> different minutes. Steph was there. She's seen this. Yeah. Oh, wow. 78, 84. Heads of tails, 78 or 84. Mm. He's playing my game, Steph. Gonna go 78. 78 minutes, Steph. Higher yeah. and more than that. I always get mixed up those two goals that he scored in that game. Which one was first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they were. Um I'm going to go with 39. 90 minutes. Were you at that game, Steph? It was scored in the 90th minute. Which goal? The volley into the top corner. Outside of the foot. 
Papa CC. Were you all right, Steph? You told me you were at that game. I think you weren't at that game, Steph. <laughs> you, I always get those goals mixed up. You were reporting. You must have had your head in the newspapers. What a letdown, Steph. I thought you would have got that one. Did he even give you 84, Kyle? I need I to check that. That's a 5-2, <laughs> Kyle, to, to Steph. Would, Kyle wins this round on double point round. because That was good, though. 5-2 over. over on. Uh, well done. I thought I'd throw that in there. I'm going to throw in some random games over time, all right? But I enjoyed that down memory lane, eh? Aye, uh, class. Kyle, I'll do something that when you were actually like a teenager rather than just like when you were like in that <laughs> stuff. All right, next time. <laughs> all right, everyone. Yeah. So, so listen, a little bit of fun there, but let's move on to the FPL roundup. You know, a really interesting week just gone by. And what we'll do is we'll go from top of the pops to bottom of the pops. Okay, so top of the pops is Josh Texteria. I met oh, him yeah. just a couple of weeks ago. What a lovely lad. What a really nice lad. He's on 397 points. So he's been round the top for a while. He said he's a he said he's a bit of an expert at this, and now he's coming to the fruition. Not far behind him is Pete Tracy, who's been sneaking around. I've got a feeling um he's gonna sneak through. But listen, the foundation um uh, are doing well there, aren't they? They found they're doing really well, really well. So um Dan Brown has dropped down okay dan brown has dropped down to ninth place 378 points so dan he's uh he's gone from um he's gone from the top to halfway down now dan you're letting the the brun family down okay high scorer of the week was charlie sim and um and 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 also you know charlie sim his team is called Ben Me Over. What a blinking name that is. I don't think I should be saying that out loud. The kid's only 11 year old as well. His dad will be ashamed of him. How dare you? How dare you, young man? Amy Hargrave from Newcastle United Women on 65 points had a really good week. I kind of said to her at the beginning of the season, I'd love to see her languishing near the bottom. And she said, I'll do everything I can to finish above you. She's still not there yet. But anyway, low scores. Our sponsor isn't got the lowest score, but somehow his son came in, who's 10, and he's now the lowest score. He got 32 points, so it's not exactly a football genius family in the Conley household, is it? <laughs> Holy moly, the Conleys are having a nightmare. And my old pal from New College Durham, Jake Kidwell, who currently resides in America with 29 points. What a shocker you've had, Jake Kidwell, son. But between the three of us, um, Martin, Kyle and Steph, in last place, he's very close to having a shocker. He's in, well, he's in 31st place with 319 points is Kyle Wilson. Pretty poor son. He actually had a better week this week, but still not enough. He had a shocker the week before. If it wasn't a double week, you would have been mentioned on this podcast and ridiculed. <laughs> Steph, who was holding the pot up, apparently, is now in 20th place on 346. But King Marty, he's at it again, that guy. 358, he's at 15 points. So 15th place. So us three, we're a bit of a disgrace, people. We need to, we come on here, we talk the talk, but we just don't walk the walk. But the good news is it's fantasy. This is fiction. This is real life stuff, all right, that we're talking about. Not this crap fantasy. And I've quit anyway. I'm sick of it. Bro. <laughs> I'm borderline um, quitting. <laughs> so to Kyle, Kyle, I'm going to put it over to you. You've got a few predictions and some big games coming up what are your predictions you've got fantastic predictions <laughs> sitting in I just want to say you gave Josh Texera a bigger head than he already has oh has he so, yeah right. thank, thanks a lot and also Peter Tracy is the karaoke king which is a 
never settle for him. Oh, okay, nice one. But um, so what I'm going to go with this week is if you've got Mendy in your team, take him out. He is Chelsea can't defend. I hope I'm hoping for fun is going to change that, but he's costing me every bloody week. Well, he's got his seventy-five percent chance anyway because of oh, the God, the, the shoulder one. injury he feigned. Oh, that one! Oh. Won't go there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, football. Um, so I, I, I took a ballsy move last week and I put Anthony in my team. Um, obviously I was raving about him last week and obviously it paid off with a goal and paid Crystal Palace and I think seeing Amon thought Amon had a good game on the right on thingy. I thought he could. I think he could. I think he could do well. Personally, I think he could do well in it this week. And the only other one is. If you haven't got Erlen Holland in your team now, then just smash your phone. You need to do something. Yeah, if you haven't got Holland in your team, I'll wear. He's going to score against any team this year. You guys who both thought Erlen Holland wasn't going to tear it up. And then I I want you to start putting quotes back from that first one because I remember I was listening back to the first podcast recently. Erlen Holland will have a slow start and then he will be like a train that's unstoppable. And and it looks like you know you guys you know you love to point out when people uh, get things know, wrong, eh? don't you, Martin? Fifteen percent probability of, of getting things wrong. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I, I just you <laughs> make the. I'm about to, to bring a list next week. I know. Let's, <laughs> listen, let's 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 listen back, Kyle, to the Martin Herdman there. Oh, <laughs> two wrong so far. Maybe that's about it. After that, yeah. But anyway, moving on from that. So so no, you're you're thinking my night are gonna. So after you said they'd finish eighth and I said they'd finish fourth, you're now picking up Man United and then saying they are amazing. Please choose all three players from their team, put them in your team. Is that what you're saying? I got one in. I got one in and I had to bite my tongue and put them in. That's only because I quite like Anthony. Um, but so a quick one just... for you. Is, would you put Isaac in your team? after? I've got him in my team. Oh, have yeah. you? I think... I think the the fixed. I mean, obviously, we've got some favourable fixtures coming up that you'd like to think you'll score in. So it's it's definitely a shout. Yeah. But is anyone going to listen to me? I don't even listen to my own <laughs> my own advice. But for the last how, however many weeks, Martin, have I been banging the drum for a certain player who keeps scoring goals? Mm-hmm. I haven't got him in my own team, but um, and that's but, uh, Alex Alexis McAllister from Brighton. Yeah, you told yeah. me to put him in a while ago, and that goal he scored was incredible. It got chopped off. But mm. I tell you something, you did do well, and he was on his last chance. Was Ivan Tony your captain? Then didn't I you? Did score? have I did have Ivan Tony? Wasn't your captain actually? Well, he wasn't your captain. No, he wasn't your captain. I had Haaland as captain, I mean, which was a bit of a shame. But um, I, and do you know what? It was it, Tony was on his last chance because yeah, you know they've been getting results and scoring goals, but he hasn't been in among them. But obviously came good um, he would be the one that would come out if I put Isaac in to be fair so it's a tough one has anyone still got Salah? yeah I have yeah I have and when's his last chance? Have they got I, feel, I, feel, I feel like whenever I take players out the next week they always like bang in like a hat trick so I'm I don't know so I feel like look, I might if you look at Liverpool's next few fixtures they've obviously got Champions League against Napoli Wednesday Wolves yeah. at home Um and then Ajax, Chelsea away, home to Brighton. So they've got a heavy fixture of Champions League. If you're going to take Salah out, might be a shout. No. He's going to rotate. You know, he's going to rotate. So it might be a shout, Kyle, and that's £13 million in your back pocket that you could put somewhere yeah. else. On, on KDB. Unlike Amitrovic, who I also said, just to drop it in there, you would score a lot of goals this season. So maybe maybe try that one. Or Odegaard, you know, someone else I said was going to be the real big package of the season. Didn't you say Fulham were going to get relegated? Excuse, no, I didn't actually. No, I didn't. You said that, <laughs> yeah? 
Probably, yes. Well, you did. <laughs> I said Forest, Southampton, and Burnley. So, so far, Kyle, get back in your box. Keep <laughs> and then maybe you can come out your box a little bit later in the season and start Kyle, Kyle, we'll get our time. Don't you worry. Yeah, you so. And, and I'll, I'll not forget it either. But right now, I'm sitting pretty. So, listen, lots to think about in the FPL. Uh, um and R, but I've been pretty consistent. So, let's see what happens next week. I've been fantastic. I'm holding this pod up. Listen, I'm holding the pod together right now. My week this week. So, um. What we're going to do is we're going to move on to our hot topic and there's only one bloody place we can go to and that is the V to the A to the R. We hate it. So what I did, I put a, we, we put a, Steph and myself and, and Kyle put out a poll on Twitter. It actually had 7,000 votes on from Toon Polls. And once Toon Polls get a hold of something, you know, there's only one winner. So basically I put out, we put out which VAR decision uh, was the worst of the weekend. Was it Chelsea, West Ham, Arsenal, Manchester United, Newcastle Palace, or Brighton, Leicester? And obviously, Toon Polls retweeted it, and it got 7,000 votes, and Newcastle got 90% of the votes. So thanks, Toon Polls. You know, listen, VAR, what are your thoughts on it? Steph, I'm going to come to you. What are your thoughts on VAR? I think it's 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 become uh, it's become a, a massive issue when it was meant to make the game better um and i think we can only point to the fact that the, the problem is is the people who are obviously operating it and running it um for me um it doesn't sit right with us that officials who referee actual games are also var um referees i feel like there needs to be dedicated var referees who aren't who who don't go and ref a game the next week? I feel like they need to focus on being VAR officials and 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 not worry about going to games. And and I just I just for me it has to be set. They have to be separate. Um, I mean the decision this weekend we've seen decisions where referees have not made clear and obvious errors and they've been made to go and look it back, which then makes them question their own decision. And then in, in the Newcastle case, change the decision. We've seen a referee who was sent over to the monitor who didn't change his decision and stuck by it, and it was the right decision. Um, and we've also seen, you know, referees blown too easy, blown too soon when they've been told to give the team the benefit of the doubt when it comes to offside. So there's so many issues with it. I feel like it's 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 gone out of the remit it was meant to meant to cover, um, and it's 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 starting to rather than correct errors from referees, it's now getting really into the nitty-gritty of phases, phases of play and, and different things like that. And it's just, it's taken on a, a, a life of its own and there's just massive issues with it. And um, I, I mean, I, I, w- I wouldn't go as far as to say it should be scrapped for me. I think there's definitely a, a, there's definitely a place for it, but I think it's what it's used for. It has to be clearer. Um, and also for me, it would be um, for it to, to, moving forward for it to be like transparent I feel like we have to have the refs mic'd up and there has to be audio so we can hear what conversations are being had because, you know, I think that's, if, if they want to have that that transparency and they want people to take them seriously, I feel like we need to listen to what they're saying. Um, That's that's the fairest way for it to, to, to be done going forward. I don't know what you guys think. And I don't even know where to start. It's a mess. Um, The whole thing is a mess. And I know Steph said she, she wouldn't go that far, but at this moment in time, I'd pull it. I'd pull VR out until it's per until it's batting is perfect. I wouldn't I wouldn't even use it this weekend. I'd take it out and I'd take a look at it and review it and then once it's ready to go back in, I'd pull it back in. 
because there's so many decisions that I've got wrong in the last two weeks. It's, it's a joke. There is that one. I don't know who was drawing that. It was probably me when I was six, but that line is wonky. <laughs> the even the even the Everton goal, and I hate Everton, and I now hate it, Liverpool. But even the Everton goal, I was like, it's that line is just not straight. It doesn't go against the eighteen yard box, which you think it would. Yeah. It just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. And you've then got the West Ham decision, which is just ridiculous. Like if that's if that's a foul, then everything's a foul. But. I think I put a tweet out after the Crystal Palace game. It was probably a bit in the heat at the moment, but I said that that was the worst decision I'd ever seen live in the Premier League. How was that? How was that game? Was a free kick? And again, calling out people. If you want to come on here and argue with me for an hour about why that's a free kick, then feel free because I'm standing by that was never ever a free kick ever. Yeah. It's just criminal, and it feels like a couple of West Ham fans have said it, but it feels like there's an agenda against us and them like they don't want us to break into the top six they don't want us to break into the top six they don't want the comfortable group to start getting affected by that and it's beginning to get annoying and it's beginning to just make football not be as enjoyable it's just too inconsistent isn't it I mean yeah. if you th- you'd expect these issues to happen in year one of VAR but we're now in what is it like the fourth season of VAR I think now yeah. and it's still happening and I think you know it's it's used it's used in other leagues across Europe across the world um, it's used in major championships, um, and and it, it, I don't, I, I can't remember listening to this um, this many amount of issues in in other competitions, um, than there are in the Premier League. So that 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 tells you that it has to be the issue with with the referees and with the VAR officials who are sat in a room somewhere in the country watching the games, um, and and. Yeah, it's 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 just it's it's getting out of hand now. I mean, what there was pretty much every, pretty much nearly every game in the Premier League had a contentious VAR decision at the weekend. It's just like something has to be done, and I don't know what. I don't know what. Like I've mentioned before about two things that I feel like need to need to happen for for it going forward if it's gonna if we're gonna stick with it. But it's it's costing teams points, and you know Newcastle could have been on, you know what, five, five, six more points this season? Had it been maybe even more, had it not been for VAR decisions? And if it gets to a point where, you, you, you know, you're Eddie Howe when you're looking and you're thinking, um, you know, this could cost me my job down the line because, you know, like we said before, what, what could have been a really fantastic start this season could turn into a not-so-good start this season. And as you get deeper and deeper in, into, the, into the season and things happen and don't go your way, like you know, he's got to look back and think. I've been, you know, I've been done out of points here. So yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't know where they're going to go with it. What Martin? What do you think? Are you what were you incensed, raged, outra- irate? Oh, I was delighted, delighted with uh, Vaughn. <laughs> no, I've got to be honest. I, I I don't really, I don't know what to say about it. But I, what I'll do is I'll say two things that have happened from the weekend of madness because every game was affected by Vaughn. Was Lee Mason's been dropped from Vaughn in the PGMOL? have accepted blame for two of the goals. So basically, they're accepting blame. They're sitting there. They're a regulatory body. And they're saying, yeah, sorry, we've affected that game. Now, another thing, when we were in in Vancouver Whitecaps, we we watched MLS games, and it ran so smoothly where referees would go over and overturn and say, no, 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 I believe in my convictions. And it was very rarely used. So I'm going to say two things. Steph said something around, why don't we have top European officials in our league? I think that would freshen up the whole league. Now, I know that dilutes the pathway 
for English referees. But like coaches, what you do is you go on your pathway, you go abroad, you go and work in Canada, Spain, Norway, France. Why don't foreign coaches come over here? And that'll push people from England to go and find a different way somewhere else and gain experiences in different countries and come back when they're good enough. Because right now, fundamentally, refereeing needs a shakeup. And I think that was a great idea, Steph, bringing in, remember Kalini, and uh, I couldn't name many referees right now, but imagine him and his pomp in the Premier League telling you, Roy Keane, get out my way. Even Roy Keane would get out of Kalini's way, Pierluigi yeah. Kalini. So I'm going back in time. I don't know if there's corruption or whatever the hell's going on, but what I'll say is I think it would help. Number two would be we all watch tennis, we all watch cricket, we all watch, well, I love basketball as well. You get three opportunities or two opportunities to put your hand up and say, hey, I don't like that decision. Can you go and spend a minute by the monitor and look at that? You have clear and obvious offsides. You have goal line technology. After that, you have two requests in a game or one request in a game to do. Eddie Howe puts his hand up and says, that should not have stood. Can you look at that because of this where Joe Willock was pushed? Can you please look at the Joe Willock push before you look at the goalkeeper being there? And that's it. If it's wrong, he get, doesn't get the call. We move on. No more interruptions. So I think we've got to look at the other sports, rugby, whatever it is. And if you've got to spend three minutes and it's a time-wasting tactic, fantastic. But you get one call a game to throw it at your hat in the ring and say, I don't agree with that. And it might be that top coaches will use it as a time waste. But I think stopping it and drawing lines every two minutes. And what I think for the offsides as well is there has to be can you remember when they used to say offsides, there needs to be clear and obvious. There needs to be line, like... Yeah. light. Aye, go back to that. Not foots and heads. I just think, like what you said, Kyle, they've overcomplicated, they're overthinking it. And honestly, it's BS. Like, let's be honest. I'm going to yeah. put yeah. that on. It's BS right now. And the other day, it's it really took away from what was a fantastic game. It should have been a 1-0 win for Newcastle. If I'm West Ham, I'm livid. If I'm McAllister... He scored a goal from 30 yards out. That is goal of the season. Do you see that goal? He's bombed. Yeah. Unbelievable straight Unbelievable. Like Jesse Marsh is getting a red card for an obvious penalty. The guy's ripping his shirt off. Like We had a shocking weekend, and I'm glad it's happened because the only problem is Newcastle have had two bad ones. You'd probably hope that next week we'll get a good one, but us and West Ham hmm. are playing each other. So if one of them goes one or the other way and there's a tight VAR call, we might not get it. So we could go three in a row of having a shocker. And the problem is now that usually it, it evens itself out over a season because it's in the spotlight because of the crap that's happened to us. Probably won't even sell out. So we've dropped the game. Six points. So guys, I think I think I ran I, over. I'm furious. I don't agree with the, it, it leaving itself out for you over the season because I think it's not about you get you win some, you lose some. For me, it has like the quality of it has to be better. I'm sorry, but like the you know we talk about the Premier League being the best league in the world, the the amount of money that's in the game, and you're telling me that you know the refereeing is still like the standard of it is is still horrendous, and I think there's an issue. I feel like there's I, I could be wrong in this. I don't I don't I haven't looked into how many games all of the referees have had, but I feel like there's a lot of names in the referee list that are they're quite inexperienced. They've been obviously promoted from the lower leagues or whatever, um, and I just feel like. Right now, for the best league in the world, supposedly, it's not good enough and it has to change. And, you know, obviously, Mike, Mike Riley's been the, the head of the PGA, PGML or whatever you want to call it. Um, He's outgoing, isn't he? So I think over in Christmas, Howard Webb's going to come in and take over. Whether he can turn it around, I don't know. Howard Webb, obviously, is quite a well-respected referee for his time in the game. 
um, whether he can shake it up and improve it. But there's 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 massive issues there. There's and there's more than one issue. It's not just one thing. It's it's obviously um, the issue with the 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 the, the VAR ref maybe wanting to assert a bit of authority on the game from where they're sitting or it's referees on the pitch who get pressured or feel like they have to change a decision because they don't want to look stupid. There's there's so many issues, but um it's just too inconsistent and it has to change. Kyle, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to something you said in the beginning of the season. Your prediction was in 10 years the game would be run by robots. <laughs> now I don't think you're far wrong, mate, because right now it just feels like robots are running this yeah, game. It's, it's robots and idiots. That's what it feels like. Just put that in your butt. It's the, the referees are getting bullied by the pit in the VR. And I think I won't go into what Shearer said because it was very, I think it was very hinting at something. But what Shearer said is absolutely spot on. I'm not going to repeat it, but it was spot on. And what he was trying to hint at is spot on. And it's just a, it's just a mess. And yeah, I know. So obviously we've got the, Austri- the Australian ref in the in the air. Uh, in the yeah. Premier League and up until the Man City game I hadn't actually seen him have a bad game he wasn't great against, with us in Man City I thought it was a few dodgy decisions I think it's G-Lay but ever Very since G-Lay, yeah, yeah, yeah ever, ever since then I thought he'd been he'd been spot on and I think you're completely right go get some talented refs go make the referee in this country better and until our refs up to scratch there's going to be these problems every week and it's just refs getting bullied by the, the bigger the, the bigger boys well. basically I think we can't say there's not there is we all know there's good refs in this in this country. We're not saying hey the refs in this no, country. No, no, well, there's definitely is. There's definitely some good referees in this country. I just think the support, the framework around them isn't helping them to make the right decisions at the right time. Like that guy, what I said to Steph was the guy who made the decision on Saturday for Newcastle was sent over by a vastly experienced man who refereed the game for 20 plus years. So if your superior sends you to go and have a look at something, you're going to go, oh my goodness, my mentor is sending me over to go and look at that. I'm probably going to just agree with him, whatever he says, because I don't want to sit with my mentor and tell him that I didn't agree. So it's just wrong. The system's not right, man. It's not right. Anyway, let's quash bar. What do we think? We keep it. For, we gotta we gotta live with it, haven't we? We keep it, but just adjust and adapt to it. That's what, is that what we gotta we gotta live with it. It's not going anywhere. Is it? I'd, I'd still stick with it. I'd take it out for a little bit and master it, and then bring it back. Okay. It needs to because it's keep costing it too many people points. Keep it for a bit, or just get yeah. rid of it. Oh, keep it, keep it. No, I think I think I think if it's used properly, I think it's very good, but it's just not used properly enough. Yeah, I think we get used to on the panel and VAR, and you just smash it, wouldn't you? Newcastle win the league if that's the case. I tell you. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so listen, relegated. Yeah, yeah. Everton, Man United, Liverpool. Let's have no, I'm only kidding. Anyway, so listen, what we're gonna do, we're gonna move on to the next uh, little piece, which is um have you say. So we just ummed and art about some things. So have you say from last time we had a few little pieces of best and worst signings. We had Andre Alexandra Isaac, sorry, we had um we had Kula Bali will be the worst signing. We had a few little bits and bobs, but we're gonna move on this week and we want a little bit more engagement on this one because we're going to put out what is now this is going to be tricky to choose but what is your best left-footed 11 of all time now i know you're gonna have to have a right back is going to be a left footer right winger is a left foot you can choose any formation in a 4-4-2-4-3-3-3-5-2 but every player in that team from goalkeeper to striker has to be left-footed let's see what we come up with in that best 11 because we had some great teams for the hardest 11 so the best left-footed 11 so, 
as we head into this piece, we kind of move over to a special gentleman who's who's very wise, Candy, as he's known around these parts in Cramlington, uh, Mahatma Candy, uh, Kyle Wilson. Uh, so, Candy, Steph, thank you very much for a brilliant show. I hope you enjoyed yourself, Steph, again. As always, always enjoy talking to you guys about football. Well, I've had a great time, and I'm going to hand the beautiful listeners over to Candy. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. Who cares where we go?